0: Hey everybody, welcome in to the Rose Bowl. This is a rapid reaction brought to you by Byers Auto, and it's also a, a Tim May podcast. I should have just let him take in control of the wheel here, but Ohio State, uh, New Year's Day, kick it off with a win, 48-45 over Utah, one of the craziest games, wildest games that I've covered. You've been doing it even longer with this te- Ohio State team. You said it was one of the most, uh, I don't know, I don't want to steal your thrilling. words. Thrilling. I think thrilling's
1: the best way of thrilling. Putting. wins
0: that Ohio State has had in a long time. and. Uh, for all the conversation about opt-outs and lack of toughness and bouncing back from the game and not having a championship, Ohio State cared a lot about this game, or else it wouldn't have fought back from 14 points down several times, uh, most notably 35-21 at halftime with just really an incredible, remarkable second half, gritty, gutty. Um, and it's a it's an 11-win team now heading into the offseason, and that beats the alternative no matter what.
1: Yeah, we were all taking sipes, at least I was, about the defense in yeah. the first half. You know, it was – they had, they had it coming, you know. But uh, when you look at it and you do the math, the Ohio State defense that gave up 35 points in the first half, gave up 10 in the second half. That's one of the reasons why Ohio State came back and won this game. The other was the incredible aerial show <laughs> with C.J. Stroud, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison, Jr., Emeka Egbuka, uh, just right on down the line. Uh, Jeremy Rucker, I mean the blocking that was going on, uh, some plays by Travion Henderson. It was just crazy, and it comes down to basically Noel Ruggles missed one field goal this year. Yeah. He made two tonight. Do I have the math right on that? That's right. Yeah. Got the ones that, they needed. And that's what mattered. And, uh, yeah, seriously, is as thrilling a football game as I've covered at Ohio State. There have been some that maybe meant more, like beating Alabama, 2014 college <laughs> football playoff semifinal, you know, national championship game, two, two overtime against Miami in uh, 2002 there but munford d- brought
0: up the comeback against penn state that yes. he was a part of and it was hard for him as he leaves his last game of his career it seemed to mean a lot to him yeah um
1: you but got that in the conversation but the difference is this team seemed like it didn't didn't really like being here number one and yeah. number two had no idea about stopping utah so there was a lot even in those other games you felt like the potential was there but this was you agree right first half second half oh my goodness well and i i think that the context of what happened defensively is really important
0: because everyone you know we all saw it we we're taking taking some shots and wonderful how taking it stops uh, you know obviously a fan base that's very frustrated and upset based on what happened uh, in November and I can understand that now it's not like Jim Knowles came in and had a month to work with this team and he wasn't even here yeah it was the holdovers from that staff plus a team that was very very thin if you're moving Cade Stover over to help at linebacker. You look at that group, a converted running back and a converted tight end out there starting uh, for Ohio State at linebacker in this game. That tells you something right there. Then you lose Jack Sawyer to a targeting ejection in the first half. So you take him out of the mix, Lathan Ransom. It appears to be a broken leg. See just (laughs) how long that takes. They instantly put him in an air cast. That's another starting caliber player that's removed from that lineup, Haskell Garrett, Antoine Jackson. It was just, this group was so thin. And that's why there were struggles, you can understand it. So the way that they go into the locker room and regroup and to go from that effort, 28 points plus a kickoff return from touchdown to just 10 points in the second half, how can you not give them all the credit in the world for what they did? That's, you know, again, there's context to that. Ohio State can't afford to play like that next season, but this coaching staff will not be the same. And that group of players, there will be a lot of changes. Um, in but the, the a next number couple of, of days, in, yeah, but in, yeah. But in a number of players like Tommy Eichenberg, who got a lot of experience against Over, I think um, you know his, he used some pretty strong language to say how much he might want to stay at linebacker. So yeah. you know, this is a you can you can see how it matters for them moving forward. And that second half will be, I think, really significant. Even if the game itself doesn't count towards a championship, that did mean a lot to Ohio State in terms of a springboard.
1: Well, it meant a lot. Because people, like like I was talking with Brian Hartline and, and Kevin Wilson, people could talk a lot about next man up. You know, you could say that, but it has to happen. You know? yeah. And then people could talk about a team or a program having heart. I think you saw it tonight. I mean, we're not we're not overselling this situation. They were down and out, in my opinion. I mean, they showed signs of life, but, oh, my goodness, you know, <laughs> you're pumping on it. And uh, <laughs> second half, I mean, C.J. Stroud, wow. You know, you're going to remember Jackson Smith and Jigman and his ridiculous Ridiculous game, what, 15 catches again, but Pat becomes the all-time leader for a <laughs> season in Ohio State history, 95 catches in a season. Crazy. They almost all mattered. They did. Uh, and he was targeted 16 times, caught 15 passes. Uh, but Marvin Harrison, Jr., we knew they were going to start a little bit maybe slow with those fill-in, wide respect fill-in. Those are the guys now. The next, the next but man, did yeah. he step up Three touchdown catches. Crazy. But CJ Stroud's the guy, man. You still, you got your pitchers got to throw strikes, man. When in a situation like that, and that's what stand out to me. I think he took, like he talked to you. You know, we you wrote the story about him being pretty much upset that he finished fourth in the Heisman yeah. Trophy race. He thinks he's better than that. And uh, <laughs> I think anybody watching this game, which is the most exciting game of this weekend, agreed. Oh uh, yeah. I mean uh, clearly. Yeah. I mean some people might Michigan State might argue, but you know <laughs> nobody watched that game. <laughs> You know, this game probably has a will probably have a better rating yeah, than the two college football playoff semifinals.
0: I, I it might double it up. That's
1: why you play in this game, and I'm not knocking anybody who did. Chris Olave was one of the great cheerleaders out there. His favorite Jackson Smith and Jigba catch, of course, was the touchdown in the corner, which tied that the game. Was well it actually gave them the lead. Yeah. Incredible. And, yeah. But I don't know. It's, I it, this is so weird because what a juxtap- what a what a junction for this football team, like you're saying the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the same come Tuesday or maybe even tomorrow, tomorrow, (laughs) as we talk here on a a, a Saturday night. What do you think is coming around around the bend there?
0: I think you'll start with a domino that I wouldn't have necessarily thought would be the first one to go, but Matt Barnes, uh, I expect that he will be taking the defensive coordinator position at Memphis. I would look for a a Sunday announcement on that. Um, There's been some back and forth, and I think Earlier in the month, it was trending that Larry Johnson would probably not be returning for Ohio State. I think maybe the door is more open than it was previously, um, but you know that one could you could flip a coin either way. Yeah, I, I think, and I truly believe that. But I give it more of a chance of Larry Johnson returning than I did previously. You know that Jim Knowles will work at linebacker, so how does that impact Al Washington? We'll have to wait and see. Um, and Greg's to Stadrawa, I believe that. They've been trending towards a, a little bit of a separation. Some of that is uh, health-related for Studrawa, and you could tell he was a little bit emotional tonight yeah. uh, about that. We'll see exactly what transpires. Um, that's sort of <laughs> – I mean, that's a lot for a team that's you know, coming off of a Rose Bowl win and 11-win season, but I think we know that defensively, you, when you make the kind of move that Ryan Day did with Jim Knowles, clearly uh, – he's going to want to surround himself with people that can he's install got a new, some a of the new scheme. And, yeah. and yeah. that's something that Ryan Day wants. He's trying to give control of that defense over to somebody. Tried to do that with Kerry Combs, and it didn't work quite the way they wanted it to. So that process is already underway. Uh, and we'll see how much of that happens right away in the next day or two, because they still have recruiting that they will want to do ahead of February. We'll see. Um, I do know for certain that Ohio State will have a ton of talent returning for next season. And you could see what Tommy Eichenberg did from the start of the year to the end is remarkable. He's got a defensive MVP trophy to go with that. Yeah. And for all of the conversation that we've had about the linebacker position and it being uh, a weak spot for the Buckeyes, man, if Cade Stover stays there, stays there Steel Chambers has a year to get uh, more comfortable and confident and strong, uh, Tommy Eichenberg, you know, Diamante Traynham coming in as yeah. well to, to take over that and play that position, uh, and Cade yeah. still like. Suddenly, you're talking about a, a group with a lot of edge to it.
1: Not a lot of edge. Athletes, man. These guys are football players. I mean, all those guys, even though they're switching, they're football players, and uh, that's what stands out to me about them. I want to get to this uh, tonight. What's that one play that still sticks in your head? That you know, there were a million of them in the <laughs> second half. I mean. Jackson Smith and Jigba had about 455 catches, you know. I mean, what's that one play that you kind of go, wow, you know. uh, Maybe without that one it doesn't happen. Man, we could. I know. We could talk all
0: night about this game, and we probably will fill up two hours in your podcast uh, next week just breaking down what happened here. Uh, The catch that Jackson Smith and Jigba made, you brought it up that it was Olave's favorite. Uh, Yeah. Pretty pretty remarkable Uh, body control. Uh, to come down with it, the, the one that I, I think of most before that as making this happen is Ryan Day having the confidence to go for a fourth down in the first half and CJ Stroud taking a deep shot to Marvin Harrison, true freshman, hadn't caught it, you know, touchdown all year going in it. That was a sensational catch and an incredible throw. Yeah. And that's. That's the knife's edge right there when you're talking about a game that could have got away from you.
1: Yeah. There was another fourth down conversion, obviously, late in the game, too, that was big. Yeah. It, to me, it was like, and I don't remember what the down and distance was, but it was the last catch by Jackson Smith and Jigma on a crossing like <laughs> a shallow route yeah. across, and he catches the ball, and, of course, the frustrated Utah guy shoves him out of bounds, <laughs> and he jumps up like he you know, just won the Heisman Trophy, meaning he understood the significance. That was that puts you in great field goal position. There's no longer a sweat, etc. And what I'm getting to here is there are all kinds of plays, but finally you, you got to get to that play that puts you in position. He and Travion Anderson followed with that run, you yeah, know, afterwards. But J- Jackson Smith the Jig, but what a game
0: for the ages. And I have and I have one more that also is sort of emblematic for the development from game one to the end. And it's for CJ Stroud. And I, I want to say it was on the same drive. Uh, that you're talking about. Uh, it was sort yeah. of a busted it get play. get mixed up, right? Yeah. yeah, it was sort of a busted play, and, and that's why it's yeah. it's hard to process because a pass rush got through, Stroud escapes to his right, he gets away a throw, it's he throws it away to save the down, but he got hit hard yeah. in the back. And he laid on the turf face down for two, three seconds. And then when he was ready to get up, he popped up. Yeah. And you could tell, I'm not doing this again. No TV time out here. I'm not, not going to yeah. rub my shoulder, I'm not going to do any of this. And it was with purpose. He was hurt. It was a hard hit. But for you know, he also ran. He sparked that first scoring drive, or first drive that really got it going with a yeah. run. Oh, yeah. The toughness that he has shown, the, the physical ability. We know what he can do with his arm. I think when you add in that other stuff, you know, just the mentality that he, he's playing with, it's come so far
1: in four months. And that's huge for next year. You can wrap this up after I make this point, though a game that a lot of people thought didn't matter to these buckeyes didn't matter to the fans and stuff turns into one of the great theater (laughs) moments in ohio state football history i mean i'll be seriously i'm getting goosebumps just thinking about because we saw some great play on both sides of the ball tonight you know that that uh uh cam rising their quarterback was sensational until he gets hurt and clearly at least suffered a concussion and stuff and a backup quarterback comes in and leads a drive to a touchdown to retie the score and you're just going what what's going on here but it kind of reminded me of that 96 season, 97 Rose Bowl, when Ohio State went you know, went the distance and scored the, the winning touchdown. And uh, you know, uh, Joe Germain to David Boston, it doesn't get much yeah. cooler than this, this, right? What a wild week in
0: Southern California. Uh, a Rose Bowl that certainly lived up to the billing of granddaddy of them all and all the prestige that goes with it. Hey, they got a game that was worth tuning into. Uh, don't want to be a hypocrite about it. You, didn't win them a championship. No. But it certainly means a lot to Austin. They Ohio won a State. trophy at the end of it. The they year. got a trophy at the end of it, and they feel pretty good about it. You can tell that 48-45 over Utah, uh, it certainly beat not winning in this game as they head into 2022. Hope everybody had a wonderful new year and enjoyed the game. This has been Rapid Reaction. It is brought to you by Byers Auto. Tim and I are heading back to Columbus. We will see you back there on Monday. He's Tim May. I'm Austin Ward. Thanks for watching this season.